<laughs> All right. Welcome to Unorthodox Film Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joe Quick. I'm Bradford Clark. I'm hosting this here venture, and today we've got a special guest with us. Congratulations on being our first guest. Everybody, welcome Matthew Santia. Matt, how you doing today? Buddy? I'm doing great. I'm I excited to be so here. so glad you're here. I am super excited to be here, so thank you, too. Absolutely. So we know Matt from uh, the Michigan film community. Matt, um, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about... Um, what you do in the film industry okay so i'm i would say first first things first a writer screenwriter um screenwriter actor director probably screenwriter director actor in that order i would say say it again screenwriter director actor in that order yes i'm gonna ask you later and we'll see if i'll see if it yeah it might not be it might not be changes from day to day it does depends on how i feel so Um, um what brought you to screenwriting Screenwriting. Well, I went to USC for my undergrad out in California, so I went to film school out there, and um, I wanted to be an actor, and I realized that, like, wow, like, actors have zero control, really. I mean, they really do, unless you're, like, a name, name actor. So you have zero control. So I started, in my acting class, I started writing my scenes uh, on my own. Okay. And I would then perform these scenes for, you know, the acting coach, and he said, you know... I don't know about this acting thing for you, but you know what? You shouldn't stop writing. And so I said, okay, fine. So I continued to write. And then I went to grad school. I went to Full Sail for my, um, for my grad, grad degree. I did not do and They did uh, graduate study. Who? Full Sail? Yeah, they did graduate study for, for creative writing. Okay. So screenwriting I, I focused in. Um, before going out to USC, did you ever consider yourself a writer? Well, my mom always said, like, my mom was always like, you're so good at it. But I just, I wanted to be in front of the camera. So, like, I was, I was obstinate about that. I did not want to be behind the camera. Did you do theater in high school? I did theater in high school. I actually did this thing called forensics where you, like, compete. It's a competitive acting. Oh, but it's old theater, right? Yeah, dude. Forensic Um, is like debate, right? There's, like, the debate end, and then there's, like, the acting end of Mm -hmm. it. And I, like, we, I did the movie, um election was my I don't know if you ever saw it. I have not. Movie. I have Reese Witherspoon, Matthew Broderick. I recently was going to watch it after okay. our last episode. Oh, yeah. That would have been great for you. That, that, that almost made my list. That's, that was yeah, like that's number great. six out of um, five. Yeah. So I watched, or I, I, that was like what I did. And we got, we made like number seven at State, something like that. So it was pretty cool. I really liked, I always liked acting, but again, not enough control for me. Yeah. So I, that's why I kind of got into the writing end of it. What, uh, what was your most uh, recent project? Most recent project, um, it's on Tubi right now. It's called Chasing the Ghost. It's um, about a drug-addicted anesthesiologist who's about to enter rehab, who has a curse put on him that he's got to stay high or his family members die one by one. Which was a fascinating premise. It was, and it's it's, uh, in the... The circuit right now for the uh, film festival. Yeah, we it's actually doing just really well yeah, in Europe. We, isn't we it? won Paris, or we won Can the Can, not the Can, but uh, a Can in Par- <laughs> uh, like near Paris. Um, we won in Rome, India, um, and now the last one was in Athens, Greece. We won Best oh, wow. Acting Ensemble. Congratulations! Nice. Yeah, which as a director, because I directed that film and I co-wrote it. That. So you yeah, as a direct- director and the co-writer on. Mm-hmm. And as a director, I feel like very honored to win best acting ensemble oh absolutely you know it makes me happy as a director so Mm -hmm. uh one of the the things that i love so much about just working in movies in general is the collaboration of it and having worked on you know your sets previously um they're very collaborative Mm -hmm. uh being on on any one of your sets so uh, joe and i both worked on 
If I Can't Have You, yeah. yes. which is also on Tubi. Yes. And also directed uh, by Matt. And co-directed. I've directed with Peter Poulos. That's right. Mm-hmm. Who was also the director of photography Correct. on that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is another fantastic uh, um, thriller. I, I, I don't know if you qualified as a horror. No, not a horror. I would I say it's a, st- it's a stalker. Thriller. It's like, yeah. you know, Scream makes fun of horror movies, but it is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So this is, makes fun of stalker. Oh, slashers, yes, slashers. Um, But this is like a stalker film that makes fun of stalker films, but it also is a stalker film. So I randomly hit you up last week and was like, hey, man, uh, do you want to come on our new podcast? And you were like, yeah, absolutely. And then I threw some homework at you. Mm -hmm. So uh, did you do your homework? I did most. I would say like 90% of my homework I did. (laughs) So the same way you went through high school. That's right. But I was able to, yeah. (laughs) Do Do you feel competent and ready? As ready as I'll ever be. So uh, here on the um, Unorthodox Film Podcast, we uh, like to take topics and and make recommendations. So instead of doing your standard best of, uh, we approach it in a more of a recommendation because uh, I believe like there's there's no way you can ever see everything right so I don't shame anybody for not seeing things mostly because there's so many things that I should have seen that I haven't so I don't want to promote so many I don't want to promote the shame towards Bradford, me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dare you so on equal ground we don't shame anybody else but uh, so that's our goal our goal is to, to kind of come together with uh, recommendations and this week our topic is going to be um, m- movies that are about music that are not biopics and not musicals. Um, last week, last week, our uh, list included uh, movies that were about or um, surrounding academia with either a lead as a student or the plot itself um, in uh, a school setting. Um, and then we, we randomly pick from our recommendations a movie to watch. And so from that list, we picked just, just one, one of, of the, the guys. guys. Yes, you did. You definitely did. Did you watch that movie? I did watch it. I wa- I had never heard of it before, and really? I, I had a friend was over, and so we decided to watch it. And we had just watched the Park Chan Wook um, decision decision to leave movie, which is real heavy, and it's like yeah, I mean it's phenomenal. It's a perfect follow up. So, so it was, it was, it was a was, palate cleanser. It was a palate cleanser, and it it was you know it's interesting. I watched it too. Um, I would probably say that was my first time. Uh, I think on the episode I had said I'd seen it on Comedy Central, and I'm certain I have, but not all the way through. So that was my first full sit through of it as well. Um, my my not mine. My leading <laughs> reaction to it was it was absolutely representative of '80s comedies. Yeah, for sure. It was trope tastic, and that's why it made my list because it's just so trope tastic. Like all balls itch. All balls itch. That is true. <laughs> uh, that scene was funny with Buddy. Yeah, showing her how to adjust herself. Her, her sock, when we watched right? it together. Brad said, "Like, oh, there's there so many missed opportunities so many for missed comedy opportunities. gold." There, like, you did you did you did you recognize any ways that it you, off it's your thigh, balls that you didn't see Buddy you know? elaborate on? No, I think Buddy covered it. Do you, you know really? I mean? So I, I mean, I don't know. He but... didn't cover the pinch and roll, dude. And okay. I'm telling you, the pinch and roll is. I guess I never standard. really thought about it that much. But Buddy, I feel like Buddy was the horniest teenager in the world. Ever. And I'll tell Ever. you what, um, I, I know they really wrote out the parents because the parents didn't show up in, they in, were in on the vacation. beginning and then they went yeah. on vacation. But I kind of feel like they don't exist. Right. 
<laughs> right. I feel like the parent. Like I feel like a lot of authority figures in this film well, right. didn't exist. In a yeah. few times they supposedly called from vacation. He talked to oh them like the most disrespectful little shit in the Mom world. Says hi. Like, yeah. After calling her I the mean, worst, yeah, all so of many them. things. All and of the their brother sister oh. relationship was very interesting. Too. Was very interesting. It was interesting. I thought Buddy liked share. He was a, he's an oversharer. He was a bit of an oversharer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hundred percent. I mean, uh, I can't say that if my parents ever went out of town, the first thing I'd do is rip up all of my Playboys and plaster them on the wall and leave my door open for my sister to walk right. in. Right. Right. Yeah. Like he had. Well, no, that's the thing. No Terry didn't seem to mind either. Right. So she like, definitely what didn't have kind a whole of lot household of were these parents? What, you know, what like, don't we see? What has happened in that household between the two of them that that we don't see on film for her to already be okay? We're like, oh, that's just buddy. I mean, and, yeah. We, everybody's it, it seen be, yeah, step, it, stepbrother porn and stuff, you know. It's uh, so they were uh, supposed to be related. What did you though, so What did you think of incest. the concept of incest. the film? I thought the concept was, you know, kind of your typical gender bender mm-hmm. premise. It was very tootsie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like very yeah. tootsie. They even called out tootsie. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. Um, I thought it wasn't anything special like i mean it wasn't it it didn't do anything different that i i was expecting i think that so much of the other content was so heavy-handed like the bully the just every like literally everything was so heavy-handed that it really made the emotional or the moral message um dampened like i don't think like i felt for her at all no and i don't think her acting helped that no the acting was terrible (laughs) it was rough and the fact that all she did was like kind of lower her voice but she looked exactly the same in any other every other facet yeah like she looked she had short hair but she looked like a chick yeah she looked like oh my god she did so in the scenes where um, like she ends up exposing herself right at the end and then there's a scene with the girl was it Sandy who was trying to get up all on him was yeah. that Shirley Shirley Finn I'm who, not like sure like the dark haired the yeah. dark haired one okay. yeah, yeah. Um, so they were at the campfire and she kind of you know lays herself on so in both these scenarios so so the, the scene in the middle where um, another woman's hands were all over her chest and then at the end where she flashes she first off she's uh, she was a very large breasted woman which I, I thought they shot around mm-hmm. really well but she was not bound in any way so yeah it, just a tuxedo nothing really holding them puppies back like her, the, the, some sick puppies I think the the wardrobe department did a really good job with giving him style uh, yeah. the Terry the male Terry style with the overcoat because it did I, it convincingly hide it from me because I, I really, the whole movie, I, I genuinely felt like it was she was just a smaller chested girl and it just worked out. But no, the fact that another woman's hand was like all over her mm-hmm. and then she went to prom in a tux w- without any binding whatsoever just blows my mind that, that was, that's a, a, a serious detail to have missed in something so... There was a lot of details I felt like missed. Like, <laughs> like as in, like, where did she go? Like, she just disappears from school. Oh, where? Overnight. Like, overnight. overnight. I, just, like, I, I completely like who let is, that go. Not to shoot a hole in this logic, but, like, where did the one student go? So she goes to a rival high school, and, yep. like, 
Yeah. But where did she go? No, no. Perf- so no Joe, right. Joe, yeah. helped, Joe helped explain that to me because this was one of those cities where there's the right side of town, and the wrong side of town, and she was up in the hoity-toity okay. school and just decided to slum it for a week. To, but still, where? Yeah, like, that's didn't, how uh, I put it. didn't the hoity-toity school like? Didn't they wonder where they she was? They just accepted her. Like there wasn't even a scene of like you know welcome the new girl to class. No. She just slipped right the fuck into class. Yes. I mean, well the parents were so absent that she probably just wrote a letter with her mom's signature, like she's gonna probably. be missing school. Yeah, I mean, and, and like she didn't want to change in front of my favorite scenes like she didn't want to change so she goes to, and like lights under the sprinklers so the sprinklers come on and my friend looked at me and i i'm like yeah dude she's doing it because she's just one of the guys trying to fit the fuck in she's one of the guys like why did would you go through all of that just because you don't want to change like to, like dude you could like easily have done 50 other things that didn't involve like a grand lar- not grand larceny uh arson arson, arson. arson. yeah, yeah. lighting the yeah. what's what's really amusing to me about that scene was the because she checked the stalls right because at first right. you're going to go to the stalls but the stalls had no doors and I don't know if that's still a thing but I did have schools that I went to yeah. that took the doors off yeah yeah, yeah, my, from, yeah, were, yeah, like the upstairs bathrooms at high school had no doors and on. I think downstairs I haven't thought about did, that but. since high school and now I'm watching that scene and I'm like that's fucking vile dude yeah. Like, why? Just so kids don't smoke? Fucking let the kids smoke in school. Yeah. I'm gonna, I want to shit, and I want to do it in private. Yeah, I don't, that's shame shitting. Like, you might as well be in prison. Like, that's what they do to prisoners. They right. have, like, the concrete wall that's, like, halfway up, and it's just open air to, like, you're doing this to high school students. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, or earlier than that. Earlier than that. When I was in... Middle uh, school? When I, I was so in high school... Um, Part of our drama class, we did an assignment where they called it Traveling Theater, and you picked up a small play, you cast from the Drama 3 class, and then you went to elementary schools, and you performed. Mm -hmm. And we were at this elementary school, and I went to go use the bathroom, and sure as shit, the next thought, I'm I'm a grown-ass adult, and I just wanted to go pee. They didn't have a urinal, and it was just that. And I was like, you know, I just don't want to be... I just I didn't go because I didn't want to be using the bathroom yeah. in elementary school with no privacy, like not in today's age. <laughs> right, for sure. And uh, yeah, the f- big man show me his willy. Right, that and that, or you know, everything's on tape. Everything's the phone records yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Yeah, I get it. I want to win. So either. did uh, seriously little kids stalls without doors on. Yeah, man. Like in yeah. a multiple, because like in my elementary mm. school. There was just like it was a only bathroom. two stalls, so it, was, it wasn't like it was a huge bathroom. But that's more stalls than I wanted to deal with. Huh? Yeah, that's mine. weird. Because in, in mine, it was just a single bathroom. Like you go and mm-hmm. you lock the and door. Yeah, you lock the door behind yeah. you. Yeah. No, this was in the hallway type of thing. Yeah, oh, where wow. well, anyone could walk in. Yeah, it was down by the gym. It was nuts. Um, so just one of the guys did. Um, I have a couple of questions. One: Do you think a movie like that could be made today? I mean, of mm. course, I of course, you know, like I think any movie could be made. I, would it be made? I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's. Right. I think it's maybe a little insensitive. Uh, there was quite a bit. You know what I mean? Was. Which I hate to be one of those, but it is a product of its time, so I understand that. Mm. I mean, but the, yeah, it was a little uns- insensitive. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that the didn't land with thing me. I, I was can like, think of is uh, Freaky that just came out, with, or Freak or whatever that came Freaky out with, with Vince, Vaughn Vince Vaughn and yeah. what's her name, where like. The girl, this teenage girl, switches with the serial killer, so he's in the body of this mm-hmm. young, beautiful. But so they that's, just do a, just a straight, like spiritual swap. Yeah, more of like trading places and yeah, stuff like this, that. But like this know, is but, different, I think, because of the choice she chose. 
and I like I know the statement like and I and I support the statement of okay let's let's see how uh, the world society treats men and women differently like that's that's at its core what the movie was trying to do um, but the dialogue was so it was an 80s movie you know I mean but we could say that we can say that but at society the same time was like, that way then it was it mm -hmm. was but I'm not making it, excuses. No, no, it wasn't no, right. No, no, but. no. I hear you. But it makes it hard for me to recommend. Well, you look like a movie like to me like Heather's, which is so smart. Mm -hmm. And like again, I don't think that it, it it's wrong in a lot of ways what it says. I mean, it's very wrong. It's very it's a black comedy for sure. Mm -hmm. But you look at that like and this didn't have any of that. Like it didn't have any of that smart wit. It was very on the nose. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. but like again very though, I I did enjoy I like I enjoyed watching it because it's so ridiculous right. so I did enjoy it for that aspect so it's like you know I didn't I wish it was I wish the lead was a little bit better she she was rough like her acting was rough all of the supporting cast was terrible yes there was nothing likable about sweep the leg what the about boys? sweep the leg he's in it yes yeah, I know William Zabka okay William yeah. Zabka and he was as effective in this one as he was in that one don't yes. you hate on the hero of Karate Kid okay Yes, right. I'm on. I'm on Barney Stinson's side. Okay. Hey, whatever. Uh, I did laugh. I did. I did think the jokes were funny. I did think that there was some charm to it. I do think that it was innocent in its intent. Um, so I, I think that we have to look at things in that way. Um, so you know, sometimes uh, you know, determining what was malicious and what was not based upon what the intent was mm -hmm. when it was executed. Well, what about the like creepy? Like uh, sports or creepy, like the coach. Like they were talking about, like oh man, banging these girls and all that stuff. And you're just like, oh my god, this yes. is so bad, <laughs> so um, bad. So it was directed anyway. by a woman. I did notice that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't recall who wrote it, but I do have a feeling that I think there two was... men. I think it's two men wrote okay. it. Okay, um, because uh, like locker room behavior was was accurate enough. But it was definitely, I think there was a lot of that over the top. So whether it was the, the over the top 80s part of it, the uh, uh, misunderstanding of what it's supposed to be. Because, I mean, there definitely was a, a lot. I'm not surprised that a woman directed it because even some of the stuff that they had Terry do wasn't very proper man. Right. Right. Like, I don't think they centered a man camp for any length of time no, in no. pre-production. Mm, um, and we were just supposed to buy it. Yeah. You know, I, think, yeah I think they filmed man camp when they put Buddy in front of the camera and that, that's it. Like that's that all the direction it. That, she that got. That was it. That little, like, sub montage tell you what because there was no true 80s montage mm -hmm. in that movie which I was very disappointed because one time I thought they were going to do it it was like I also don't think that Terry's character came away growing or learning anything herself out of this whole experience I mean well she did write that she learned that she, she did. didn't fail because she was yep, a woman she, did she failed because she was boring because that story sucked right. right yes so she grew as a writer from it okay because uh, as a rich girl, I don't think like, you know, there was a, you didn't see the end, man. No, I so didn't, you don't but know. I, but but I know. one of the super, super dorky guys from her school, because she did return back to her other school, mm. I liked your article, and, blah, blah, and he asked, he had the balls to ask her out. And she was like, mm, you know, she politely was like, I don't think I'm ready. But like in that moment, I still thought to myself, like, no, she just still wouldn't go out. Like, right. she's, yeah. the skin is off now. She's Terry mm -hmm. again. And, you know, she's going to be, because, you know, her, her boyfriend in the, in the movie was like, he was dry as shit. Yeah. He was just like a and senior a guy. 
Like, yeah. He's in, as soon he's as in she, a frat house. As soon as she turned him down at the prom, he shows up at the prom. There's this whole big fight at the prom. He, she turns him down, and he immediately turns around to another girl at the prom, makes eyes to her, she smiles, and he goes, you're here, here with somebody, him? aren't you? She goes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking prom, dude. Yeah, yeah. she's here with the date. Right. But that's he's, your friend. Like, you live at a frat house on a college campus, and you're like, you know what? Yeah. It's prom. Mm. Yeah. There was a lot of that creepiness soaking through that movie. Yeah. It reminded me of, like, an extended episode of like three's company it was something for, you, know, <laughs> you know what i mean like funny. the misunderstanding from my my childhood that i just thought you know no, like, i get that there's a yeah, lot maybe of stuff. gone by the wayside guilty pleasure of for the sure. horrible movie there's a lot like mean? for me like nostalgia wise that i I'll, you know i like a film because of that where i was at that particular time in my life yeah and then i rewatch it i'm like this is terrible but i don't care like yeah. i still love it yeah yeah so i get it yeah i'm sure. i'm I'm 100% happy I watched it because I think that it it heavily represents the 80s in and a way it does that have like some if, great moments. if I if I were in a, in a pinch and someone was like man I'm looking for an 80s comedy I was like oh, okay like are you looking for something that says hi I'm the 80s watch just one of the guys yeah I mean because I would go with hairstyles well like, to the, well, like the way he, I would go with can't buy me love okay because to me, me that's love, that's, a, that's a, 80s good. that's yeah. that is I mean there are definitely other ones out there but I'm saying like this yeah if, if I ever of thought yeah. of this title again it would be solely for its representation of the 80s right and 80s comedy. I think is is really my takeaway from well, from like the, the film. two of the most unsung characters in the movie is the two nerds that think they're aliens. Oh right? yeah, we like, haven't talked about them. So what were they? So were they supposed to be referencing something of pop culture of that time, or was it just like they're the Star Trek nerds, but we're doing our own things? It didn't appear to be Star Trekian. Right. It was no. They were like going through this thing where like they actually were, they believe they were aliens. It, yeah. So, right. No, okay. there wasn't, so I, I it wasn't. It was them sure doing was... their own thing. Yeah, it was them just embracing nerd culture, kind of like. As 80s movies do. Like, we didn't even talk about the fact that the staff at the school, because again, the, the adulthood in this movie, there's just none. none. They just let this guy, Zapka, destroy the cafeteria yeah, on a daily he would fucking pick up basis. The, the table and let the food slide. And like, just they'd making start, a mess. They started getting wise to it and picking up. He'd be like, sit down. He'd like, make them do it. Like, I don't know how the janitorial staff didn't find that kid somewhere and just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, really. So every single day, he's got to clean up this aisleway. It was probably because he was it 35 was all, playing a high schooler. It was all the comeback <laughs> to the fruition of when the underdog stands up and gets all of them to dump their food on him. You know, it's yeah, it did build up to that. 80s drama, I do like the. I, I do like Shut that up. the uh, <laughs> the male lead did make an attempt to assert dominance in a way that was clever as opposed to just fighting he could have just like thrown fists but to call him out like that in the cafeteria i thought was pretty uh as far as uh it had soul a writer's like note james yeah. brown yeah yeah but but i i i like that instead of fists he used his words and he completely completely isolated him and did did you make it that far do you know what i'm talking Which about part? i'm sorry the cafeteria so where the, he stands like, up against them and yeah, the whole oh, yeah. Speech. yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah i made it there I okay. saw that. Like I said, I only I only missed like the last twenty like twenty minutes okay. like that. So I did see that. So um, just the prom and the tits, and you, you don't right. care about those. No, I don't. All right. So, anything else you want to say about just one of the guys? 
No, I think I think we covered it. Do you, do you mind? I mean, I, I don't good, know if it'd it's be... It's a good, bad movie. It's, it's, a, it's a bad, bad movie. It's a good, bad movie. Okay? <laughs> it's a movie. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It, it, yeah, it has, can you, if you, you want to know what the 80s was like in pop culture-wise and, like... It's not in reality-wise. No, no, like... No, it's just, just pop Yeah, like, that was definitely a fabrication. Can you, can you... Do you mind just running through your list real quick of last week? Uh, sure. Um, let me oh, see. Oh, yeah, the... the the ten we did mm, pulled me out. Oh, if it, I mean, if I it's mean, too I have much, mine five right here. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go back to out. to mine because that's a pretty that's a pretty broad category. It is. It is. So, it is. So my my five were the dangerous life of Alter Boys. Okay. Just one of the guys, Angus. I had PCU, but Brad did that one, so I scratched that for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Nice. And Dead Poet Society. Okay. Uh, I had recommended Rounders, A Beautiful Mind, School of Rock, and PCU, and then I topped it off with it. Oh, and Taps from 1981 with uh, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah, we didn't use School of Rock because that was the the example I gave. Oh no, we School School of Rock was in our our list the week prior. No, it was the example I gave as a yeah. So it was in. The, we did episode. talk about School of Rock, though. We yeah, we did. did. Yeah, yeah. We talked School of Rock it, was on the list. Okay, it was. Um, but that's the last. That's the last freebie we give away because okay. next time people have to go listen to the episode. All right. All right. <laughs> just, for, just for you, Sorry. Matthew. Thank just for you. you. Um, so if nobody has anything else to uh, say about just one of the guys, uh, we might take a quick break and come back and uh, hit our topic for this week. How's that sound, guys? Get some list started, yeah, buddy. All right, we will be right back. Just in case. Yeah, you know, in case they check yeah. out, we gotta check them back in. You know, we're yeah. back from commercials, people. Get with it. Um, something that I, I did not mention earlier uh, is that we actually are recording this uh, a video of this, and we are going to be including that as part of our Patreon. And I'm mentioning it now because previously a friend of ours was hiding in the smallest corner of this room because he thought he had to. But now I'd like to introduce Quinn to everybody. Quinn, hi. Hey guys, how are you? Hey, little Patreon. <laughs> uh, Quinn is a grip with us, and uh, he is he's new to our team, and so uh, we're very excited to have him here. And he's uh, he's running our behind the scenes. He got us a nice little setup going today. So thank you very much, Quinn. Uh, glad to have you with us. So our house <clears throat> clearing. Coming back in now, we are going to get started. Today's topic, as suggested by Joseph last week, is movies about music that are not musicals and or, not biopics. That's right. And Matt asked if he could do documentaries, and I said, well, Matt. It wasn't my finest moment, Isn't Brad. Isn't that a biopic? <laughs> All right. <laughs> And I know I'm not a big fan of documentaries anyways. I just like to know what my parameters are. So okay. That's fine. Okay. So we invited him on, and we included him in this conversation today, and I asked him if he would bring some recommendations as well. Um, anybody have any questions on the, the genre that we're discussing? I guess it's not really a genre, but the topic. Um, I felt no, I was, came up with it. I had no question. No, that's true. I, there was there were some that I, I was not sure of, and then through a text communication with Joe, he somehow read my mind and was like, no, Brad, you cannot play Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny. That's right. It's a musical, right? It, it is it a musical. It is a musical because it has exposition, exposition of the story in song. Yeah. Right. 
So, um, Matt, would you like to get us started today? So I, yes, I would like to get you started. Um, um, I'm happy I get to go first. Okay. Good. Why? Because I know that this probably will get picked, even though you guys picked it or you guys talked about it before. I rewatched it for this, and I, I can't help it. I, I'm a fan. School of Rock, man. Okay. School, School of Rock. rock. Like okay. it's so... it was the quintessential. We usually don't allow that on the list. You don't. I, you I, didn't allow I the last one or this one. I have it right yeah, here he, as my example. He we'll suggests, allow it. We'll allow it. No, I can. I can. Brad, no, I'm with it. We, no, we. I'm with it. I want Brad and I dropped the ball on on putting that rule out there, okay. and it's a great movie. So yes, please let me hear it. Okay, so I'd seen it before, like a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I just didn't realize. Like in Jack Black, he kind of like he kind not a of fan. annoys me a yeah, little you're bit. Not a fan. I'm not the biggest. I get fan. that. He's one of those people. He's one of those actors that that in small you doses, you, don't. you know yeah. what I mean. But the fact that this movie just comes along and like I found myself just laughing uncontrollably, but then like so I found good. myself kind of tearing up at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when they're all together it and they're really on stage and their like, parents they, are there. They, and they, they, yeah. Mike, yeah. White, Mike White's script is amazing because yeah. it, it did throw a concept at you and hit, hit you with the trailer that it could just be another Jack Black movie where he plays the silly Jack Black and blah, blah, blah. It, it, like Adam Sandler or Will Ferrell. And but that movie was kind of written and made for him. It was absolutely made him so his warm. Yes. But I think it gave him an opportunity to really demonstrate that the man is a great actor and yes, an amazing is. performer. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, his genuine real life love of music came through in his performance 100%. to the kids oh, yeah. as well. Like, I, I as a viewer believed that those kids weren't just enriched. As actors, uh, 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 you know, like they were told to be enriched because the script said so. But I think them as individuals had to have been enriched musically and I, from yeah. being on set. And, with, I, with and Jack I, Black. I believe that like whoever taught him music that showed him this great love, he felt that this was his chance to do that to not only these kids in this movie, in this classroom for the story, but in the movie, like, through this character to the world. Right. right. You know what I mean? You could see him shining through that. Like, I, you know what I mean? And I love His the, love for all of this. I, I was a big fan of, like, the subplot with Joan Cusack. She was so, hilarious. She's, she's so she good. Was she's so, so good. underrated in everything Her she does. Her performance in that was so understated you know the when she went out when they were having lunch yeah and, with the beer yeah yes and she was so timid it's it's beautiful yeah. because like you know someone like that or you yes. are someone like that so quick that side was, note my 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 little sister michelle shout out michelle she used to deliver groceries in chicago when she was in art school and it was this fancy grocery store and joan cusack and john cusack used to order groceries from okay. there and so she would bike them their groceries and she Joan Cusack was always a pleasure always tipped well not so much from John no I can see that. <laughs> but can she's see a that. pleasure like you like it's nice to know that like she's just a genuinely so, and I good have soul to, I have to name drop as well go for it so I actually um Rev, her name's Revka Reyes and she plays the uh the one who plays the bass the oh, little okay. girl plays bass. Yeah, I actually did a film with her last year. No, that's yeah. awesome. It's called The Holiday I Do, and it's going to be out the end of this year, I believe, like Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I second yeah, unit. It's the Christmas I, release. Yeah, this year. It's gonna yeah. Be, I was I, third unit gaffer. Yeah, on that. I second. Yeah. I did like directed second unit for just like a couple, like one day, and then I was actually like share a scene with her. I, I acted in it too. That's awesome. So did, it was just I did so two cool. Days of Is she from Michigan that. or that's was she brought awesome. in? I, I believe she was brought. Oh, she's brought in. She's the guitarist, the boy, the guitarist. He's from Belleville. Oh, cool. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, and he made a little bit of a, a name for himself afterwards. I, I don't know much about it. I don't think anybody. Oh, then there's the girl who did iCarly, but she. Uh, oh, right. Uh, right, right. She wasn't. Um, she was, like, wasn't a musician she was the musician in the movie. Yeah, she, yeah. Was, no, she was a manager. She was a yeah. vital a role for a band. That was mm-hmm. still a vital role for a band. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. So that's a good recommendation. That puts yeah, it back I'm out. I'm sure so a lot of people have a seen chance it. now that we because I, I genuinely haven't watched it in a few years. It hasn't been recent. It's recent, been so, a while. Yeah, so it's it would just be, so it would fun. be a good viewing for me. It'd it's be so welcome fun. and refreshing. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Uh, well, let's move on over to Joe. Joe, what okay. do you want to start out with today? So my first movie is Airheads. Now, Airheads is uh, three aspiring rock musician, musicians. Chaz, played by Brendan Fraser, and Pip, played by Adam Sandler, as well as Rex, played by Steve Buscemi. And they're determined to have their band's demo tape played on the air, so they take a radio station hostage. And it's just pandemonium after that. Like, That's a fun movie. Yeah, and it's it's not your quintessential Adam Sandler film either. Like, it's not something that you would, like, it's not what he was known for. But No, it, I agree. Uh, was that uh, a Lauren Michaels at all? It was. Know? It was. I mean, that's how Sandler was involved in it. So, uh, Michael Lehman directed it, screenplay by Rich Wilkes. I'm sure Lauren Michaels had a hand in producing. Yeah. It's been a while since I've watched uh, I know it. a lot of them. I do remember seeing it in the credits when I was younger, though. Have you seen it? I saw it when it first came out i went to blockbuster and rented it i remember that okay and it's but but i mean this was a long time ago 94 i think it came 1994 out. Yeah. but yes, i sir. do i just saw that michael lehman also directed one of my favorite movies ever what's heathers that? oh yeah so yeah i, I should be watching this yeah, yeah I, it's, it's probably so... been uh, i thought about uh mentioning it myself this evening my trepidation came from the fact that it's been so long it I, like an I, appearance I'm, by rob zombie fairly certain i own it um, so it's probably or white zombie back then I think accessible, but. but I don't think I it's it's not something I've binged ever where I've seen it multiple. I, I'm not I don't know dialogue I don't know okay that's fair yeah points it would be a refresher so like back when uh, like DVR and TiVo was a big thing mm-hmm. I didn't have TiVo but I had the DVR and it came on you know like I had the movie channels and it came on right. Cinemax so I saved it and I would watch it you know what I mean so um, anything else we want to say about Airheads. I don't remember much about it, so it's hard for me to... I think well, it was funny. I, I remember it being funny. I remember the cast because it's Steve Buscemi, Brendan Fraser, and Adam um, Sandler. And Tyler Sandler, which um, is a, there, just a there are more people. Trio. It's, it's really good. Uh, they, they come, they break into the radio station, and it's just a, like the stupidest luck the whole time. And it's just one of these slapstick kind of comedies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, no, I mean, I, I could... I could pontificate about it all day. It's such a good movie, but just go watch it. What was the, the soundtrack thing. like? It was heavy, uh, early '90s uh, hardcore. Like zombie. it has some white zombie. It has, like, all the Chili Peppers are in it, but they play like some other band. Like, okay, there's, yeah, there's all sorts of references of '90s rock in it. It's is like on the sunset strip. Supposed to be himself, or is he playing? I believe he is himself. Yeah, because okay. they go and find his then like for a day ex girlfriend who has his demo tape because the oh, actual. Oh, he's part of the plot. No, he's not part of the plot. He's just a show oh, that okay. his girlfriend's at. And I then Chris you. Farley plays a cop, has to go in there and find her. And he's getting pushed around by these metalheads. And he ends up ripping <laughs> a, a nipple ring out. Like, yeah. yeah so his chief is always telling him to improvise. And the guy's shoving him around and takes his, rips his badge off his shirt and bites it and, like, bends it in half with his teeth. 
He goes, what are you going to do about that, fat boy? And he just grabs his nipple right here. So he goes, improvise. <laughs> so good. Okay, well, I, I definitely will have to put that one on my list because I, I, uh, I just don't remember a whole lot from it. And I wanted to because I, I immediately the, the name came up as a topic for this. I was like, oh, Airheads. And I was like, I, you didn't remember I enough to be able to bring anything. it up. Yeah. yeah, I remember it's, liking it. It's it's very representative of the early '90s grunge and metal scene and like the anti the man thing and like that. Right. The, when they take over the radio station, they find out that it's going to be changed to easy listening at like midnight uh, that night. So it's this whole. So they start they instate a riot from the city to like help them because it's the last standing rock and roll station. Like I know rock. how that feels. Yeah. Back in middle school, uh, there was a radio station here. Uh, 98.7 WLLZ The Wheels and it was heavy rock but not not stuff that like Deep your standard yeah, yeah it wasn't you know, like I, they played ICP they played corn so they played um, what would be radio friendly heavy stuff that Riff wasn't playing and Riff is right. the Detroit regular rock station that now plays stuff like Hinder and Nickelback and whatever else is out there like it was it was the, the quote unquote edge yeah. but that's what I had my alarm set to and so every morning I would wake up to something from 98.7 The Wheels and one morning I get jazz and it was like I love that jazz station. It's I will fine. Say that. It's not. It's it fine. wasn't the wheel, so but it was, it was not, the <laughs> not the same alarm clock. All right, so I am Speaking going. Speaking of to... wheels, real quick, uh, shout out uh, Sean Harshaw. Oh, I heard. recently passed. I did. Uh, a good friend of ours from high school. His nickname was Wheels. That's why yeah, that made me think of it. We can move past it. Had a, yeah. He had a loss of his battle with cancer. So yeah, yeah. shout out Wheels. Um. Damn, now I gotta just be like, okay, here's the topic. Yep, let's go. <laughs> so, what movie was yours? Um, what did you so, pick for your first? So you you helped alleviate uh, with taking Airheads off. Um, I think I'm gonna stay in the in the comedy realm because we're we're kind of bouncing around there right now. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Empire Records. Okay. Empire All right. Records yeah. is. Uh, one of my one of my all-time favorite movies a movie about a local record store and a day in that record store and that day happens to be rex manning day rex manning day the big pop sensation of the era you can't do that today you can't it's rex manning Manning day um but it it was it was the movie that when you saw it in our era um, like if you didn't want to work at a, a video store, you would want to work at a record store because they made it look like first off you didn't have to fucking do any work yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. That your job was to just sit and listen to all the, the newest, boss coolest was cool music. As shit. So yeah. yeah, yeah, the boss was rad. He was uh, uh, who's that? God, who was God played them? Joe something. Yeah, um, um, he was in. Uh, so I married an axe murderer with uh, Mike Myers and. But it uh, was also uh, Steven Tyler's daughter uh, had her uh, debut there. I think that was uh, Liv 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 Tyler. Tyler. Yeah, Liv Tyler was in that. Um, It was just so with Ethan Embry. Oh my God, Ethan Embry. Yeah, his scene with the brownies. Renee Zellweger. You said that. I did not say Renee Zellweger, but oh, you're right. Wrong. Renee Zellweger. Anthony LaPaglia. Oh, uh, LaPaglia. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And who played? Uh, who played? Um, he was, was it Robin? His, his name was, was Joe Robin in Tooney? the movie. That's what. It was. Robin Tooney's in it. Yeah. Yep. And and Robin Debbie Mazar. And Debbie Mazur. Mazur. So. Yeah. Mazur. Yeah. 
it's just it's uh, yes highly recommend this movie it's a pinnacle 90s it is um it's all funny. these stars before they hit their mark it takes it's very indie you know uh, a wide variety of the different teen type personalities and yeah. then give everybody a, a personal story so everybody in the location has something that they're dealing with that day and there was just no way growing up in the 90s that there wasn't one character on that screen that you at least understood one thing they were going through even if, if you it didn't wasn't relate 100%, to it personally you you had a friend or a, right a sibling there's a, a part where because uh i think robin tooney's character is threatening suicide she's just always super depressed that's actually like i've only seen this movie once and that was again when i was young but i vividly remember the scene where they have her go through the funeral yeah like, like her, her own, own funeral. funeral yeah i remember that and for being a movie that that like didn't take itself too seriously through most of it that moment was incredibly real. Like that was a, when I first saw it. Was a powerful scene. Like yeah, you know, quit fucking around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had a lot of those moments. That one was the probably the most poignant when it came to like dealing with death and stuff mm-hmm. like that and like uh, suicide. But really, like when it came to like Liv Tyler's character and she was like Miss Perfect, and you find out she's a drug addict. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like yeah. Or Renee Zellweger's character is uh, oh, promiscuous, the, the promiscuous, but it's the... because of a, uh, an acceptance issue. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's very, yeah, it's yeah, I it gets into that. I I personally think that movie stands the test of time, um, even if the direct thing that they're going like record yeah, stores. Sure. But I mean, now there's uh, there's card stores where you know, kids they go and collect Pokemon and uh, yeah. a variety of them. There are still opportunities like this. It just doesn't relate directly to music. Yeah, today. there's no record stores um, anymore as as of that kind of its connectivity thing. to music. Obviously, it's in a record kind of store. Energy. But just being in a record store wasn't just enough. Um, I must have been talking off my mic, so I apologize. It's fine. Uh, I got a little crazy. Um, music itself the statement of music itself music is important to their lives yes it is a deep thread in connection and that was one of the movies that really turned me on to music none of the music in the movie necessarily was it's a good soundtrack it's not the best but but it's not yeah it's not my personal taste in music that being said the interest in how music can affect life you know was really I was like, cool. I'm not weird for thinking what I think about music. Like other people really latch onto music in a in a personal, emotional it's way. A, yeah, it's a it's a moving spiritual thing. You know, mm-hmm. when a song hits you, like when the the artist connects to a listener, it's it's, it's I think a beautiful thing. It's the movie that, makes that no statement. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. if it was the in the first act or somewhere in the second act. Oh. It's had to be after Vegas, after Atlantic City. But when Anthony LaPaglia, is it Joe? Yeah. Anthony LaPaglia's character locks himself in the office and just starts banging on his drums. drums, Yeah. Because it it was it was an emotional expression for him. He just had like he wanted to kick the shit out of these kids at work for him. Lucas, yeah. Because Lucas, where's my money, Lucas? Where's my money? Redistributing. And Lucas, when he's mad at, takes the microphone PA and like puts it up so everybody's jamming out to Joe's drums. And he had so no yeah, it's, idea. it's a quotable movie. It's a funny movie, but I think it's also a movie that um, is perfect for someone who might be looking for something to connect with. Yeah, yeah definitely. Sure. Especially those uh, disconjointed youths. Matt. Okay. Precious so this youths. is this is one I w- I. I was going to play it first, but or not play it, but I was going to recommend it first, but I thought somebody else was going to take School of Rock, so I didn't 
I, I didn't. But and this that's, would that's probably my be fault I didn't. I no, didn't that's okay. That that wasn't so this option. is probably one of my favorite movies and rewatching it like it kind of solidified it's probably in my top like 10 15 of all time of all time movies and it's whiplash it's a 2014 oh, whiplash. whiplash damien chazelle it's uh basically like it, yo, it's it's so that's the guy who just directed babylon uh, babylon yes and he did La 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 Land. we never did go see we it. never did go see it i, I, I definitely want to see it but and i know it's out now but um Theater, yeah, man. It was yeah, amazing. I didn't mean sure. to cut you off. No, no. No, so Whiplash is basically about a young drummer by, played by Miles Teller who gets accepted this really, like, this conservatory, and J.K. Simmons is his teacher, and he's mm. abusive, and he's I just love terrible. He's terrible, terrible to Miles Teller. He actually he won an Oscar for this. Did he? JK Did Sim they both get nominated? No, Miles Teller didn't. And and like my my writing partner can't stand Miles Teller, so he won't watch this. I like this. Miles Teller. And I'm like, you don't watch it for Miles Teller. Like you watch it for JK right. Simmons. Like this right. is a performance that you don't see. That's what every everyone day. talked about. Yeah. With and JK my Simmons. and I was watching it at home, and my roommate, he's getting ready to go to bed, and it's like 11. He's got to work super early in the morning. He's getting ready to brush his teeth. I'm like 15 minutes in. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'll just sit for a minute. Well, he didn't get up. Like he stayed and watched the whole movie. Like this movie, it's captivating. This movie is phenomenal. Like I don't want to get into it. You know, I want to ruin it. Yeah, I've um, not seen it. It's you been... ha like don't walk, run to watch this movie. So what you're saying is, if you're walking through the uh, room and it's on the TV, you're gonna get whiplash because you. That's right. Oh, and don't, yeah. I dad jokes all day. Oh, I'm here all week. Dad yeah. jokes all day. Yeah, so wow, that was great, Joe. <laughs> no, the level of comedy you can expect. I know, this. right? That's right. <laughs> but um, I just I watched it again. I mean, I've probably seen it four or five times, but this time, like the directing in this movie, it's like something that every aspiring director should study. Okay. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Excellent. Have yeah, you seen Whiplash? Yeah. I have. It's been a long time. So I it just didn't come across my plate yet. I'm I'm super. I don't want to say lazy, but I guess call it what it is. Um, when it comes to watching movies, I rarely rent them because there's so many movies that I haven't seen. It'd be silly for me to watch something else. Yeah, if it's not free, you I've got don't. well, yeah. I've, not free. I've, I've got so many streaming services, but they never have what I want to watch. Right. <laughs> so it's like right. this one. This is I, I mean, believe like, on Showtime. If you don't have to pay while you're clicking, right? Additional. Like, yeah. So this I I got this on Amazon, and they're doing like a free trial with Showtime right now, uh, and Whiplash is on there. Okay. So I mean, like it's yeah. seven oh, days. Oh, that. nice. Yeah, I, I, doing, I have. Yeah, I have Showtime. Yeah, that, so we can watch it. Oh. All right. Well, I'm gonna add Whiplash to the list. Um, Joe, was there anything th from your viewing of it that I just fucking love J.K. Simmons, I, like just in general. But yeah, that role, like, is probably when I fell in love with him. I've watched everything since then, but I haven't rewatched that. Mm -hmm. But I fucking should. Yeah, yeah it's, too long. It's great. Um, I, I, both of them as actors, um, I, I do. I don't know what. Who directed that? Uh, Damien Chazelle. Damien. He did La La Land and First Man and Babylon. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, Joe. And I believe he was the you. youngest, maybe the youngest not he best, is young. best not best um, director nominee. Like for this, he got mm -hmm. best director nominee. Was this a, a major release or was this uh, like a festival then kind of slow? I think it was. He actually got the money because he shot one scene of it, and then he got the money. Like with J.K. Simmons, he got the money to do it, and mm -hmm. I think it was like a decent size release. I don't think it was super small. Yeah, because by the time it even like came across my ear path it was already like available to watch mm. and so i was like oh, i've never heard of this thing so but obviously I, i'm not that 
passe with stuff like the idea of jk simmons and miles teller was there but the concept of the movie was it's just one of those where i was like well when i'm in the mood to watch something like that i'll mm-hmm. watch that and it's like brutal like the the way that he films these drum scenes it's like better better than any like sports movie like you're 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 on the edge of your seat man and you can't even catch a breath it's so good yeah it's so good brilliant anyways he cued me but okay. thanks for thanks for adding to your no, <laughs> no it was i'm glad you added it was it was a nice ad i'm just i'm being cheeky being cheeky just like this movie from 1998 velvet Goldmine, mm. which was meant to be a biopic okay but the people who it was supposed to be about did not sign off on it so some names were changed to protect the not so innocent that's right yeah and uh, I'm not going to name those names. Uh, if they come out while we're talking about it, then uh, shame on you two. But Jonathan Reese Myers and Christian Bale and uh, Ewan Jonathan Reese Myers, he's the one who played the David Bowie guy, right? Oh, uh, yeah. That's that's the one. <laughs> and Ewan McGregor. Ian McGregor. Ian McGregor. He's he's not Obi Wan quite yet. You know, no, that is, is not pre Obi Wan. Very pre Obi Wan. This Ian is uh, this is almost pre Train Spotting. That it's also has it's not um, pre, but yes, um, time. Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard is in it. He's yes. like a, a manager or something. Yeah. Or a, uh, maybe a, a show owner. Maybe it he also has Tony Collette. Emily Wolf, Michael Feast. It's a beautiful film. I remember the performance think... that Christian Bale gave in that movie was the first time that I remember. He plays the journalist that is basically chronicling. He's the narrator, right? Technically, because um, so I, I hadn't seen him since since I was you know since he was younger in movies. And that movie, I was like, oh my god! So that was pre Batman, pre yes. You know, uh, not not pre Swing Kids. This was after Swing Kids. Swing Kids was his first big one. Swing Kids. That's interesting. Yeah, you we might, we that? might have to. Oh, that one's gonna be on a list soon. That was one of my favorites as a movie. Yeah, it, 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 it was. Place it was gonna Germany be on a list soon. soon. Yeah. Oh, good lord. Um, Anyways. Yeah. That movie's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's about an idiom, dating. Uh, a punk and uh, what society thinks of it and how freeing it was for uh, right. it, the movie sexuality, sexuality androgyny and um, it, yeah. it's very independent in spirit you know it so it, it didn't have it didn't feel like it had the looming hands of a, of a studio you know over the top of it with no how- it was it was definitely an indie film it was a passion project and um, the studio was trying to do it but uh, as we said you know so, did the idiom did and the, the pump budget, didn't sign off. Do you know whether or not it, the budget so. was cut for it after the studio was, or did it go forward as planned, just with nameless? I I don't know. Don't know. I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure that's, it probably that's a, that's was. I'm curious. Let's, I'm gonna see if the budget's. <clears throat> I, I, I I actually haven't seen this. Doesn't. Oh, okay. I, I um highly Todd recommend Haynes, it. Todd Haynes, the director. Mm-hmm. He's up there for me. Like I his films, he did uh, Far From Heaven with Julianne Moore. Okay. You know, I'm not there, which is the Bob Dylan movie. Yeah. I have not. Um, seen I that. actually hadn't seen that one. But then is he that did the one with, with. Um. Oh, you were gonna love Velvet Goldmine. Yeah, yeah, and then he did Carol too, which Carol is like, that's a great film with Kate Blanchett and mm-hmm. Rooney Mara. Um, so I've not seen Val Goldmine, but I would love to. Yeah, I definitely add that to your list. Okay, um, it does take like it hits the the late '60s, early '70s glam rock. So it's got you know a vibe that you don't traditionally see in movies. Um, 
that also touches on like the the Midwest punk scene. There's with, a real with, like, the human Stooges element and to the movie. Yeah. Um, in a in a the backdrop of something that's so expansive and um, I mean I don't know Lou Reed's more East Coast, but that, yeah, well, that but, vibe. But I mean it's directly Stooges influenced. I mean, you already ruined the Bowie part, so yeah. It's technically it was supposed to be David Bowie and Iggy Pop, but they wouldn't and, sign off and on it. Lou Reed and is a big part of that as well. He is. It, but it's it's so like obviously that. Yeah. You know, yes. they had to change There's things. Definitely no and, real disguise. It's just it's it's the wish it's the wish version of them, but the movie is not wish version yeah the all. story's not a wish the version is, the but the characters are forced to be so that you can use your imagination and imagine how it really yep. was because this is i think it was a little taboo for the people and like they you know it was maybe too accurate and i, I don't know it was it's very moving though it's a very moving story just about I think connection it's probably and love. got occult status like there's enough people out there that know the movie exists but it does need a reintroduction i don't think it recirculates and there's down a connection that to the, like generation. two artists who create together can have that maybe that doesn't have to be sexual and maybe it is maybe it isn't you know in the movie it obviously was but i don't think it necessarily has to be but doesn't mean the world's always going to understand it is mm-hmm. really what the message is mm-hmm. in that and movie to me I, it's one I haven't seen in some years um, but I, I definitely remember it being amazing yeah production values just um, I think to keep the vibe uh, based on the recommendation recommendations that you guys had going um, this is a time for me to introduce one that I actually did just watch for the first time um, there were a few titles out in this the scope of this to- topic that I hadn't seen, Whiplash being one of them, um, and then there were two others. Um, but this was the most accessible, and uh, I found it on Amazon, and it's a movie called The Sound of Metal. Oh, yeah. And it's about a drummer, who uh, a touring drummer with him and his girlfriend uh, do a duet, and um, they never really classify the music. It's very punk, very, very heavy punk style. It's just her, a guitar, and a drum, uh, and the drummer, but he goes deaf. And that happens very, very early in the movie. And the movie revolves around him at a rehab facility. He's also a former addict, or an addict, rather. Yeah. Um, but he is at this rehabilitation center for the deaf, and he has to learn to be deaf. But what I found so fascinating about this, because you know, partway through the movie, I was like, well, this isn't really a, a music movie. Like, maybe, you know, it's not going to fit. But the truth is it is because it completely removes it you know the sound design in this movie is incredible there's many times where there's no sound at all because what's it called again sound of metal sound of metal i've not seen this sound of metal so as he's yeah yeah and as he's losing his hearing you you know um i don't want to give too much of the movie away because i do recommend being uh, going to watch it but um the sound design is is it helps you experience what he's experiencing as close as you possibly can, but it helps you understand that this guy who makes a living off of making music is now having to reevaluate his entire existence. And 
it's it's beautiful. It's a, it's a it's an incredibly beautiful movie. Yeah. Have you All seen? Right. It? Oh yeah, I did. I saw it when it first came out, and um, some performances are just phenomenal. Yeah, the guy Olivia that plays Cook. His, Olivia Cook's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the guy that plays his sponsor. So that guy, funny enough, I was reading some of the IMDb, IMDb trivia. He is not deaf. Okay. However, both his parents were, and he is a big. So he he speaks ASL, and it's a he's a big. Um, advocate in in the community i think he heads uh uh one of the something some, similar to the in the movies children for deaf children mm-hmm. um he, he does something with that so his participation so he that, plays a deaf deaf character but correct he he grew up with deaf parents he's he's able to and convey he's 100% that he can relate in it also yeah. interestingly enough when That's this awesome. movie played so there are, are many parts of the movie where sign language is spoken but you as a viewer unless you speak sign language aren't privy to and it was done intentional because at that moment in time, uh, Rudy, Rudy, Ruby, but Riz's character um, also doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Okay. So, yeah, that's you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it really yeah. throws it in. Now, as he learns and he becomes I better, know a little bit. They My wife add has taught me subtitles, you know, mm-hmm. and there's an option for you to do well, it. Because, that's cool. And oh, a, so you can have it added if you want or you can learn so, with the character? Is that what? So there's the an option or? for you to have. I believe the subs. I didn't look into it when I was what I was reading because it made more sense as I watched the movie. As he learned, that's when subtitles would be added. So now that he's aware right. of what's being said, you're in on the conversation as well. I don't recall whether or not there was an option to have subtitles the whole time, but the movie because okay. a big part of this is is also part of the movement of in which I'm a huge huge fan of of getting subtitles in theaters. Yeah. Uh, to not having requesting requests, it should just be part of how we watch movies. It's so inconsequential to the framework. Uh, of what's happening on screen that I think it, it's only... Yeah, especially if there's anything letterboxed. You you, they can put, definitely put, put it, it underneath. underneath. It's exactly. so easy. Um, but uh, really love the performance from Riz. Yeah, it was amazing. And I love the way that like he's like a surrogate for the audience, you know? Yes. Like you were saying, you're kind of experiencing what is he's hearing and feeling and thinking. And like the subtitle thing, that's one of the things I noticed too was like, you don't know until he knows. So until he knows, you're lost too, and, and you're yeah. and you're kind of on the defensive because mm-hmm. he's on the defensive because not only is he an addict and he's got all of that to deal with, he's dealing with losing the thing that he loves the most. Right, right, you and existing I mean? in a place for the very first time, not not really feeling like you're existing, like. Things are happening in front of you that you're watching happen, but you literally can't understand what's happening because you weren't prepared to read lips. You you don't know how to speak with your hands, and it's just being thrown yeah, into not an, just well, losing your love of and music be, and sound. It could you're be losing your ability to communicate. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and so understand imagine, the world around you. Imagine if you were dropped into a room where people spoke a different language. You could still hear them, so you still see. You can still hear the tone of voice. Yeah, but you can still hear the other things. But in you're the forced room. to live off of empathy alone. Can he, I understand their he lost, tone? He lost everything. Their body language. There's one where yeah. he's uh, this one scene. He's eating dinner at the table with all of the uh, uh, housemates, and so everybody's having deaf conversation with ASL being back and forth. And it's the scene is cut with sound in and out, in and out. So sometimes you hear all the things that you're missing. The the spoons, the knives. The knives. The, yep. So this is what I'm saying. People like it's not chewing. just not understanding what's going on, but you're literally immersed where you're existing in a place that you do not feel a part of at right. all. And I think that they convey that that's so cool. incredibly mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So that's that's why I picked Sound of Metal. I, I ended up really, really enjoying that movie. 
Um, I think it's uh, we're halfway through our list. It's about time to take a break. And uh, here's yeah, so, some fun uh, little things. I'll, I'm going to go ahead and uh, just do a little quick refresh here. Let me uh, put this last one in. Son of metal. So we started our our suggestions off with oh that stupid thing. Uh, Matt suggested School of Rock, which I second. Um, that's a great movie. Great movie. Uh, Joe suggested Airheads. I suggested Empire Records, to which Matt followed us up with Whiplash. Uh, Joe suggested Velvet Goldmine, and I just offered up Sound of Metal. So get Shave those lists down. We're gonna be list. yeah. right back after this. That's the stuff that dreams are made of. <laughs> Empty bladders and full... Cups. Cups. That doesn't rhyme. I really should have yeah. prepared that before I started yeah. saying Yeah, Empty bladders and full cans. Still doesn't rhyme. Whatever. It's All right, so tonight we are each doing four recommendation picks. We are each two down. <clears throat> so coming back here, uh, we're going to be back over to Matt. Uh, Matt, are you ready to throw another so. one at I us? I think so. I think so. So, um, traditionally, I'm not the biggest Cohen Brothers fan. I'm just going to say that. So mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't judge. No hate. Already judging. Uh, they are so, I'm great. not the biggest. I mean, they are. I, like, I respect the no, hell I, out of them. But they're just not my favorites. Like, I just don't, fair. you know, like, I respect yeah. them for sure. But I was really pleasantly surprised with um, one of their films, I believe. Uh, let's see. I don't know the year. I'll find the year. But um, it's called Inside Lewin Davis. Mm-hmm. Have you I think guys... 2011, maybe? 2013. I have not it's seen It's Oscar that. Isaac? I actually have not seen it. Okay. Well, it's he's a folk singer in, like, the 1960s New York was scene. Was this black and white? No, it was not black and white. Mm-mm. Um, so, but it is real drab. Like, the okay. color's, like, kind of really desaturated. Yeah. So yeah, it's like... Yeah, they like to do that. Yeah. Yeah, they do that with the old brother where that Yes, it, yeah, it, it, like, it looks very much like that. But it's basically, like, this... This under—he's not an underachiever. He's super talented, but he's just not marketable. And he basically walks around the New York City playing gigs, staying on people's couches. It's like the—you know—the musician's kind of the music, the 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 path of a musician, really. And it's in in New York, and it's um, Carrie Mulligan's in it. Oscar Isaac's is the lead, and um, okay. it's yeah. just—it's so well done. Um, they're. Is it comedy? Is it no? Drama? I mean, it's a, I would say like so, Amazon listed as a dark a comedy lot of dramas or, or a lot of their genres they subvert. So like, yes, you know it's not slapstick comedy, but it's dark. Comedy. It's definitely Dramedy, like this guy. Yeah. The guy can't catch a break, but it is slightly funny. I mean, it, like it's I wouldn't call it a comedy because if you go into it thinking it's a comedy, you'll be disappointed. Okay, but it's definitely it's definitely amusing. I mean, the guy loses a cat. He goes through the whole city to try to find this cat, and it's it's. It's good. I mean, it's it's one of my favorite Coen Brothers, if not my favorite Coen Brother movie. Okay. Um, and I really highly recommend it. And it's not like you're not, you know, I, I struggled to kind of recommend it because it's not that, it's not that enjoyable of a while. Like it is enjoyable, but you're seeing this guy squirm for basically like two hours. Right. And you feel for him. Yeah. So it's it's more of an emotional watch than something that okay, for entertainment. Yeah. Yes. Nice. So yeah. same. Yeah. yeah. I like movies that don't always, you know appease me no I need, to, I need to be taken on a journey i don't need a happy ending i'm not looking i think for that's why mother didn't do so well like mother comedy. really impacted me i've never had a movie hit mother me the way so, that yeah, mother hit me so good and i know it gets a lot of hate but literally no other movie has made me feel the emotions that i felt 
and to me, that was a success. Mother, mother took a second viewing for me, but that was mainly because I was getting a lot of like business texts while I was watching it, so I got oh, a little you've got lost. It, you've got yeah, it, so no, the second time I watched right. it, I was completely sensory deprivation and the way, into the movie. And the way the movie, by they, myself. they structure this movie is very interesting. Yeah. Kind of like starts and ends with the same scene, and I love films that do that because you're being kind of like given this peak in the beginning and you don't realize that they're going to come full circle to it and so they then they show the scene in its entirety and it has completely different implications so it's bookended with the end of the film yes okay yes which is slight i mean i guess it's slight spoiler because you don't really realize that in the beginning but if you don't know what to do with the context right of right. course yeah. um so like narratively structured and just like thematically this movie's got so much going on and it's um really is just this great story about this this guy, this struggling artist, basically, and I think anybody that's an artist can can relate to this film. The uh, Carrie Mulligan was in it. Yeah, mm -hmm. is she a large role or is she just she is she's a supporting role. She basically plays like a, a fellow musician okay. who who has like a love hate for Oscar Isaac. Okay. Yeah. And how is he in the film? He's great. You know, I don't know much of his work. I know him from Ex Machina. No, he's just kind of popping up. Yes. I mean, like, I didn't realize he's been around. And, like, he does his own singing in this. And actually, Justin, oh, Tim really? Justin Timberlake's in this as well. And oh, he's great. great. He's oh, phenomenal. Yeah, he's always fun. Yeah. But he does his own singing in Oscar Isaac. Like, I, I can't, I couldn't believe how soulful he was. And yeah. Yeah. Like, some of his. His music, man. Some of these, the music numbers. It's not a musical, but like just him singing. But he's a musician. Yeah, I mean, like it'll bring you to tears, man. I have to watch yeah. that one because I have not. I've been a little bit behind on my Coen Brothers watching, in this last decade or so. Yeah, me too. Um, I think the last one that I really saw, um, I don't remember. It was Burn After Reading after or before. Um, God, I don't know. The one I've, with, I've seen the that one, one with Tommy Lee Jones. I just read the book. Oh, uh, No McCarthy. Country, No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. Yeah, I think Burn After Reading was is after that. After yeah, that. After so Burn that, After Reading yeah. is probably the last one that I really you mm -hmm. know watched. And they've had some titles come out that I want to see, but yes, they had a couple on Netflix. The uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that? I haven't seen that. No. Yeah. So it's just kind of you know. I keep almost turning it on, and then you know like. I'm not in the mood for that type mm -hmm. of movie. Yeah. Like, not that I don't think it's going to be good. It's just and they did what the, the Magnificent Seven. No, no, that was they did. Adam they did Stanley. True Grit. True Grit. True That's grit. what it was. Yeah, True Grit. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I'll, have to, I'll have to definitely put that one on my list. Yeah, um, Joe. My number three is Wayne's World Two, mm. where they put on. The big festival, rock festival, mm -hmm. to keep their show going. It's a great movie. I mean, is that that's your segment on Wayne's World? Too? No, I mean that's not the whole segment. I'm nobody's gonna say anything. You're all just. Gonna I don't remember. It. I don't remember yeah. it at all. I mean, I know Brad hasn't seen it because I, I have seen two. You have seen two because I, I had to show you the I, original. I watched one with you. Yep. Um, I'm not as familiar with two, but I've seen it. All right. Well, it came out in 1993, directed by Steven Sergic. Uh, box office $72 million, budget $40 million. So, you know, it, it did, it did oh, well. It was a, a cultural phenomenon. I mean, it did. Yeah. Well, I mean, the box office, it was okay. But, uh, yeah, the sales well, afterwards well, you, yeah, is really It was weird. a time of video and rental. You know, right. that's, that's when you saw Wayne's World. Yeah. Mike Myers, Dana Carvey. Tia Carrera, Chris Farley, Kim Basinger, Christopher Walken. In fact, that's the one, the wedding's in that Lee one, right? Lee Turgeson. Huh? Is the wedding in, in two, or is that in one? 
the wedding is in two. Yeah, yeah. that was, gets the graduate callback. Yeah, the graduate callback. Yeah, with Christopher Walken and Tia Carrera. Yeah, yep. so good. And then the Charlton Heston has that like bit part in it. I don't but, remember him. Okay, so like he he's trying to find this place, right? He's driving, you know, the sports car and it craps out on him. Whatever. He's I need to find and it's this old guy doing it he's like no no I know it's a bit part but can we get somebody to bring some gravitas to this or something and then they pull this this old guy out and they bring in Charlton Heston and he's got like two lines but he with Heston style well yeah just yeah it's just great and obviously kudos to the guy who they pulled aside who purposely delivered bad lines to be replaced by Charlton Heston. Yeah, like, man. Like, you're like, oh, man, my one shot, and they're just going to fuck me. This guy, you say you like, haven't this seen guy's on I don't remember. If I have seen it, I don't remember. I think that the one and two kind of blur. Okay. What's the one where he starts, like, breaking into, like, infomercial speak? And he's kind of like, oh, pets oh, have a risk. I've never sell out the Okay, pets. so that that's in the first one. Oh, okay. And that's when... Um, Rob Lowe as the producer or headhunter like buys the show so then they're like he's making the whole speech is he's making fun of sponsorships while he's holding all the movie sponsors so that's the first (laughs) one he's at the crappy table so I may have never seen the second one I may not have seen it so the second one opens up with uh, like they've gotten their show back they're a success they're they're a success they have they like rent out this old doll factory and do the show there and live there and like yeah it's just yeah, I'm not incredibly familiar with it's, it. It's That's like the first on one, but part. it's all grandiose. Um, the, when that came out, that was like under the parental advisory of the home type of thing. It just wasn't permissible. Yeah, they did the and whole thing. So like, as they I make got fun older, you know, I mean, like with with like, don't eat the red rope licorice. It's bad. They're making fun of the bad acid that went around Woodstock and stuff like that. There's so there's this, all sorts of rock and roll drug references and. There's this type of comedy that was that was you know around in the 90s that that I missed and so I experienced it more going back to it and they don't all land with me like right. a lot of the the um, Chris Farley stuff doesn't land with me I'm not a huge David Spade fan um, so you know when people are like oh my god Tommy Boy I'm like I've seen it but like I don't know why you're getting excited about it um, and so it Wayne's right World here <clears throat> not here or here so much but right here I mean there's just there's a, there's a common element with all of them and Wayne's World was one of those um, that, that I missed at the time and going back to revisit it you know I'm no longer you, you're watching it by yourself mm-hmm. so you don't have the schoolmates to go home and talk about the movie and so for me it didn't have that that lasting hold but um, I still think that they're movies that are incredibly worth listening to yeah well i mean one of the, my favorite parts of it is like when they, watching i'm they're sorry, flying my, my to sounding weird they're flying to london right and they in in the dialogue they make comment and they have these shitty extras like it's a bad wig you know it's right not that, and they're like oh this is piccadilly circus what a shitty circus man but they're they're talking about how oh uh, warner brothers would never fly us to england they'll just send some stupid you know, it, it's the same type the of thing like cheek. like airplane yeah. didn't land with me. You know, uh, don't call me Shirley. Yeah, it's just like I get there's a brand for it. Yeah, but the Wayne's World. It's the same thing with like uh, Awesome Powers. I saw Awesome Powers two before I saw any of the other Awesome Powers because it was out in theaters when I worked at the theater. But I didn't miss anything. And when I watched Awesome Powers one after seeing Awesome Powers two, I was like, yeah, but 
Austin Powers 2 was better. Mm-hmm. People were like, no, one's better. And then I realized it's because it's the same fucking movie. I just right. saw two first. So yeah. I have an affinity towards two. Yep. Mole, 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 mole. So, you know, uh, I think I was one over to Mike... Um, John Blank. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Uh, through, probably through uh, what, Shrek... Because it, I'd seen it before, so I asked. Uh, so I married an ass murder. Ax so murder. I married an ass. I watched murder. that with Joe recently, so and I was like, good. "Okay, this I is a good movie. fucking movie." But yeah. otherwise, like Mike Myers, like I'm gonna take it or leave it type of. Yeah, I th- well, I'm the same. But so, so I, married I married an ass murder was his first movie that, and it, like, it was nothing to do with anything SNL. It was a completely original right. idea. Right. Yeah, that movie's great. So the the for me the tongue in cheek and everything and like I I. I, I get why you need to see Wayne's World or Wayne's World 2. Um, I, I just don't get super excited. Like, oh, shit, hold on. Wayne's World's on. Shut the fuck up. I'm like, all right, Wayne's World's on. I mean, there's so many quotable moments from Wayne's World 2. It's just... I Because I, I when they fly agree. to London, they're recruiting this retired guy who was like... Well, like I said, I can see that if I saw it at a point where it was fresh for everybody and I was having the same, the the, the audience that I was watching it with had the same reaction that I had and you have that that shareable moment, it probably would have sat differently with me. But I watched it, you know, outside of that, outside Mm -hmm. of the... I saw it when it came out. mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I am going to say for my next pick, I'm going to go with Detroit Rock City. Truck City. I is... knew you, that's the only reason that one's not on my list because I was like, "That's a Brad pick for sure." It's so good. I love it. It's about it's it takes place in the '70s about a, a band, a, a group of friends that are in a really shitty band. They basically are only in a band together so that they can smoke weed in the one guy's mom's basement that doesn't care that they smoke weed because she works nights as a nurse or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And they are a Kiss cover band, and they are huge into Kiss, and they live in Ohio. And mystery. they Wasn't win the name mystery. Of band? Yeah, mystery. With the, yeah. <laughs> and the, the Kiss style S's. Um, they win. Uh, oh no! Uh, they had Kiss tickets, and one of them, Jam's mom, burns them. Yes. And so then they have to get new tickets by calling into a radio station. And then it sets off this adventure of them getting from uh, Cleveland, I think, to Detroit. classic road trip movie. And they they go to Kobo for the the famous uh, Kiss Alive 2 uh, performance of Kiss at Kobo Hall. And it's just, it's it's in the vein of movies like American Pie. You know, it's it's stoner teen um, music. I would say more like with... I mean, I know this movie came after it, but like without a paddle, it's that buddy comedy. It's road definitely trip, a buddy comedy. Like road Nastasha trip. Nastasha Leone makes an appearance yeah. in it. Uh, Kiss themselves make an appearance in it. But I think the movie went unwatched or under the radar because Gene it came Simmons out in a time Shannon when Tweed. no shit. one but me gave a shit about Kiss, and so it wasn't the selling point. And mm-hmm. as someone who's seen the movie, I would say that fuck Kiss, you know. It's not a reason to watch the movie. The yeah, movie don't itself, not watch it for Kiss and don't watch it for Kiss. Right. It's just a, a genuinely phenomenal teen comedy that it hits all the marks. The um, It's got the bully scene. It's got incredible um, set deck and uh, wardrobe for the time. It's not It's not in any way like just one of the guys where it's cheeky to the sense of the style. It takes the, the, the style very seriously, but like... 
the dialogue between the kids, the, the real life situations, the kids, the, yes, like the, the romance you can find point, at a rock show in the seventies. You know, at one point, one of the parents who is a, an incredible, uh, incredibly religious mother, uh, she's the one who burns the tickets. She sends this boy to um, a parochial school, a Catholic school, so they have to go rescue him so that he can get to the concert. It's just and then so they much get there and they find movie. his mom there protesting, protesting. the concert. She's yeah. protesting. So. Uh, Detroit Rock City is one that I had to mention because I think that it flew way too far under the radar. Not under mine. And is one that's definitely worth revisiting. Have you seen it? I have not. I have not. I kind of got that. I I, I I mean, I know of it. Mm -hmm. I just haven't, you know, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's a blind spot. Yeah. I I think it would have fell under everyone's radar if Edward Furlong weren't in it, kind of at the peak of his career. It was like the lower end of the peak. Like He was starting to go down. It's got my favorite performance in it is by uh, James DeBello, who yeah. the only other things that I, I can off the top of my head say he was in was Swim Fan. He was the creepy brother in, in Swim Fan. And then he was the long haired stoner guy in Cabin Fever. Okay. And um, but his 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 role in the in the friend group is, you know, he's like the antagonizer, the um, oh, this is cool. Just go do it. But. All of, honestly, all of them, all four of them, uh, play their roles really well. It's funny. Just go see it. Destroy Rock City. It's amazing. All right, Matt, your last pick. Oh my gosh! Nice I just service. don't know what to do. I, I feel like, um, I feel like. All right, I think I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <coughs> Excuse me. Right. We'll have yeah. to cut that out. I sneezed. No worries. Bless you. Don't think. Um, okay, so I think I'm gonna go with. This really obscure film, which again, I think that I don't feel like all cinema is supposed to be necessarily like an enjoyable watch. I think like, you know, it, it is supposed to be enjoyable to a certain extent. However, I do feel like this movie pushes boundaries that I've never seen in, in film before, really. Ooh, and I'm going to go with The Piano peaked. Teacher. It's called the Piano Teacher, and it's mm. by it's directed by Michael Haneke or Haneke. Is the one? Is it? He's the one who did uh, White he did White Ribbon. Ribbon. Yeah. White Ribbon. Dude, so Piano Teacher is basically about a well, piano teacher, right? Um, and it's well, kind hold of, on, you can't throw something like that at me. I, I need a minute to process it. It's about what? It's about a piano teacher. And it's called what? The Piano Teacher, which is about a p a b p about an oboist. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. Brad. So yeah, so Jeez. basically, uh, there's a, a one of her students. Drives um, the Sahara. There's a there's a relationship between her and a student, but the thing is, is that she is a masochist, and um, she likes all kinds of messed up things. Uh, they're not messed up. I don't say messed up, but different things. I like should a say. Sexual masochist. Sexual masochist. Um, she is. She's got all kinds of paraphilia. Like she likes, you know, the golden showers. We'll just say, um, she likes <laughs> lots of things that I've never seen depicted so she's in a fan film of before. R. Kelly. She loves R. Kelly. Yes. And um, anyways, yeah. So this movie, I I haven't seen. What type? What type of film is it? It's a drama. Heavy drama, really? yeah. This so movie, they're real serious about this. Real, real serious. Well, she's just very repressed. How is it related very, to music? Well, she's a piano teacher. She's a piano teacher. Yeah. So she basically teaches. Let's be making fun of Brad. Sorry. No, you got it. <laughs> she, um, you know, music is essential to this because you're finding this woman who loves Bach and Mozart and all these classical pianists. Not that they were pianists, but like composers and she's so sexually repressed that she can't really fully like enjoy the music like Mm -hmm. she should be able to and the way that she does that is by these sexual acts uh is this in german as well austrian i believe austrian i believe it's austrian Mm -hmm. 
obviously he wouldn't switch between, so he must be Austrian. I think Michael. <clears> I think so. I, I couldn't remember. You know, they're so close. I, I feel like White Ribbon was language. Austrian as well. Yeah, I it think. had to be. Yeah, he wouldn't flip. I don't think so. They just, but it sounds. It's. I mean, they're so close to each other. It sounds very much. And like it's um the it's, neighbors. It's Isabella who who pair who 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 pair. Is, is that he, one black and white as well? No, that one is not black and white. Again, very drab though. Like what it's is, very drab. What is this assumption that he's just gonna? No, no it does it keeps coming screen. up? White ribbon was black and white. So the, black, the white ribbon was black and white. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, same filmmaker as that. So I was just curious mm-hmm. if that was a. And I just like I wasn't well, gonna recommend. I'm a little hurt. Why scene? isn't any of my movie suggestions? Because made you did Airheads. <laughs> Airheads is definitely not in black and white, Joseph. We know it. Let me fuck with it. Uh, but um, I almost World could have been black and white. It could have been. It's a. It's an. It's art. It's art, high art. We get the but high, the this high is, art choice. The, this, doll, I, the doll heads I, in the factory. I kind of was but. struggling to recommend it because it is so high art and it is so, it can be looked at as pretentious a little bit. But like some of the crap that this woman does, is it hard to explain to the way that White Ribbon is hard to explain? Like, is it very much? Can you tell this it's is, the same filmmaker? This, you can. T- I mean, yes, because White Ribbon has some really intense scenes of, like, you know, incest and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So this is way more explicit, like, way more, 100%. Okay. Um, like, she goes to, like, a like a porn, like, theater, and you see, you know, basically, like, porn depicted on the screen like you I've never seen before. It's nuts. So it's bonkers. This movie's bonkers. I personally... It never lets up, either. It kind of has a mother-daughter relationship mm-hmm. similar to, like, a Black Swan. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. So, yeah. like, it's just, it doesn't let up, and it's kind of makes your stomach churn a little bit. But I like when a movie does that to me, especially when a movie can surprise me. Like, not enough movies can't, can't surprise me because I've seen so many of them. Yeah. Right. So this, I definitely recommend this. I hope you guys roll it, too, because I really want you guys to see it. <laughs> so see it uh, I'm not sure if you mentioned, I, I'm trying to keep track of the titles so that we can roll. Um, and I missed what this one was called. The Piano, the piano, the piano Teacher. teacher. <laughs> God. <laughs> Dry is the fucking Sahara, this guy. Let me tell you. It's actually based off of a book. Which is called? I, it's not called Piano Teacher. That's why I, I swear asked. to you. See, it's I don't know question. what it's called, but I feel like it's called the Piano Was uh, Piano Teacher out before Google. or after White Ribbon? This came out before White Ribbon. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. Well, now you've got him interested. You yeah. can't remember the title of it for shit until it's before something he's yes, watched. That's true. Right, my my mind works in mysterious ways. It definitely is mysterious uh, to me. So, Joe, it I sounds as that. if you have not seen The Piano Teacher. I have not, no, but I'm interested. I yeah. am as well, so I definitely want to see this one come up. All right, Joe. I'm going to have to go with the 1984 classic of This Is Spinal Tap. Oh, you fucking son of a bitch. I actually just watched this for the first time. Dude, there are seriously... Dude, two other movies. I, there's one movie that I specifically thought he thought of to talk about because he loves so goddamn much that it's all about music. And and here he is taking my number one pick. But okay. Okay, okay go for it. Tell us about this is Spinal Tap, Joe. No, it's your number one pick. Why don't you go for it? I got I got backups here. I'm I just got backups surprised. too, sir. I got, I'm just Why so are you surprised? surprised? I love this movie. Uh, Christopher we'll, we'll Guest, Rob Reiner. Michael McKean, amazing Harry Shearer, Rick Parnell, Fran Drescher, Fred Willard, directed by Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner, yep. There, there is a sequel. Okay. Too, it if is. Anybody knows the Return of Spinal Tap. It's is it out a few years ago? I, it doesn't say here. Yeah, because they put a second album out to go on tour. Right. 
But I didn't know there was another movie. This is Spinal Tap shines a light on the self-contained universe of a metal band struggling to get back on the charts, including everything from its complicated history of ups and downs, gold albums, name changes, and undersold concert dates, along with the full host of requisite groupies, promoters, hangers-on, and historians. This is another one of those movies where, you know, like like uh, Wayne's World, uh, where, you know, it's it very self-aware. It has Fred Willard in it. It's very okay. self-aware of itself. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it... it First off, have you seen this? I just watched it for this. Oh, excellent. For the first time. Like, it was a blind spot for so long. What did you think of it? I thought, okay, so I thought it was, it's pretty hilarious, Mm -hmm. you know, but I saw Best in Show first. Right. And so, Best in Show will always be my favorite mockumentary because I saw it first. Now, that being said, Spinal Tap is a trailblazing film because it was one of the first mockumentaries, if not the first. And the way that they had that form so nailed down for this movie yeah like it wasn't like they were finding their way like they already had their way so there was a movie that i had watched that people had told me you got to see you got to see this you got to see this you'll love it you'll love it you love it especially if you like spinal tap i was like okay and that movie is pop star by the lonely island oh Boys. you know yeah. what? i don't it's hate a that filthy fucking movie it's just it has moments it has its moments but it's so all, much it's so just, derivative of this is spinal tap mm-hmm. and what i love about this is spinal tap like when he walks in and he's doing the tour it's of too like, over the of top his, uh, yes he's, andy he's, sandberg he's i love him but he's, he's telling too a in joke. your face whereas yeah. in this is spinal tap he's he's the guitarist he's, he's walking around showing him all his guitars and then his special custom the subtleness his of special it. Yeah. custom uh speaker head that goes to oh this goes to 11 well why 11 well because it's louder than 10 mm-hmm. You know, like he's he is not. Whereas Andy Samberg is always in on the joke, always in on it. But his character's not, and, and right. it's like I don't know how he pulls that oh off, but it, it's not funny to me. And the whole movie is just to me a misstep. So I was like, no, well I have to talk about Spinal Tap then because mm-hmm. it's it's the one. Yeah. You know, this the, is the Spinal Tap, the Stonehenge set. So that is based off of something that had happened on tour with Black Sabbath. Um, where they had some serious problems with they, this is what the the band had wanted and the set designer had come on. Now it wasn't as as uh, exaggerated as it was on there where it came down. It was just but something had happened very similarly, so that encouraged that particular story from um, this is Spinal Tap. Um, so the the reason for bringing that up is the the breadth that it has for that style of music in the movie. Um, is really like is really fitting. Like yeah, they, it is. the filmmakers understood. They, what they understood were doing. the subculture of uh, and the movement of that genre of music. Yeah, it's just brilliant. It's, it was ahead of its time. Have you seen The Mighty Wind? I love a Mighty. Okay, Wind. yeah. So I, mean, I torn. I was torn between, but I was like, okay, but Spinal. A Mighty Wind is, is almost like too. Like it's almost like. So you don't big, know if, it, if they're being the funny or they're not. Spinal Tap funny. was directed by Rob Reiner, mm. and after that, Christopher Guest is is pretty much the director in most of the other ones. And and a lot of his films are, are very heavily um, improvised. And I don't believe I, I don't want to misspeak, but I don't believe this is Spinal Tap was as improvised as his other ones were. Not that because it, it, they definitely did allow for excuse me improvisation. It wasn't heavily mm. scripted, but it was very well planned out. Yeah. Um, but all of those Christopher Guest movies are all pretty, yeah. pretty dynamite. What is uh, your so next what? One? What am I going to lead us off with? Um, so you saved me because this actually gives me an opportunity to mention um, another film that wasn't going to make it, and um, that's going to be Crossroads. 
That's with Ralph Macchio and Steve Vai, a guitar oh, player, yeah. plays the devil. And Crossroads. How did I forget about Crossroads? Crossroads is about Ralph Macchio, uh, his character, who is I forget what he's on a quest for, but he's a guitar player, and he wants to he wants to be a good guitar player, and he meets up with this um, old gentleman at a retirement home who claims to have known Robert Johnson. I'll sell my soul to the Take him on the journey to sell his soul with the devil so in order to play good blues. But really what happens, what what um, transpires over the course of the of the movie is he, he learns about like how to feel music, how to how like the, the enjoyment of the music comes from being making it a part of yourself. Um, but it's it's very much a Ralph Macho movie in the vein that like it's not a comedy, it's not a drama, it's an adventure movie as far as like a road movie type goes, but it is very uh, lighthearted. Um, Ralph Macho is not a fabulous actor, so he does the best that Ralph Macho can do. Right. That being said, the events that transpire throughout the film are moving, and they do um, they do allow the viewer to. If you open your ears to what they're saying, you can learn something from it as well. You know, right, I, yeah. not only on a personal level, but again, calling back to you know early discussion, the the value of music in your life, yeah. um, and that's really what drew me into that. Now, I, when I saw that movie, I was a huge fan of Steve Vai, and when I learned Steve Vai was in a movie, he's just he's a he's a what they call a virtuoso guitarist right. back in the day. Yeah, um, he plays the penultimate like devil like bad guy and there's That's a showdown so it's a showdown at the end with ralph macho's character versus the Steve devil character I. and yeah. it's like the shreddiest of shred like you've got uh 80s hair metal style soloist going against now like the blues driven you know he learned to play the train that was his advice you have to learn to play the train you can't play the blues if you can't play the train because the boys here come that a train and it's just it's a fabulous film and i think it, it sails under the radar except for people who like are just in the know like again i i found it through steve vai mm. someone was like oh steve i was in a movie did you see that i was like no let me watch it and then boom there was this movie where i was like shit this is this is really fucking good well clearly original... nobody in 30 years has seen it because of ralph macchio yeah, well, he didn't. I don't think he did too much after that. Guest appearance on Entourage, and then they dug his body up for Cobra Kai. Hey. Well, he dug his he dug himself out of his own grave for that one. He had to he had to figure something out before yeah. he was sixty. Kudos to him. No, yeah, and it's it's not bad for uh, sloppy teen swill. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's it's a good little. Cobra Kai is a good little well, it knows for what the it, tweens. It, it knows what it's supposed to be. It yeah, doesn't, you it's know. unapologetic. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I watch it. I enjoy it. Mm. I'm, I hate myself for watching it. Right. But, you know, I like the Karate Kid. It's nostalgic. He's not bad in My Cousin Vinny. He's oh, pretty okay. decent. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. He's not bad. Did you see Crossroads? Have no, I never that? had. I actually never heard of it. Joe okay. Pesci, I know Crossroads. I know Britney Spears. Joe Britney Pesci Spears, makes yeah, everyone good. Okay, <laughs> yeah. he's that good. He just elevates the people around him. Okay. It's Joe Pesci. All right, so our list yeah. for this evening of recommendations uh, that we recommend you see uh, for movies based on music that are not biopics or musicals. Uh, we have School of Rock, Airheads, Empire Records, Whiplash, Velvet Goldmine, Sound of Metal, Inside Llewellyn Lewis, Wayne's World 2, Detroit Rock City, The Piano Teacher, This is Spinal Tap, 
and Crossroads. You know, looking over this list, we really did hit a lot of different types of movies. And, and I think that's, um, like, they weren't all comedy. I was really worried when I first started thinking of movies that they were all very close to each other. And the more I stretched my my concentration on it, you know, I, w- I was able to find more in the genres. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you gentlemen feel about the list tonight? No, I think it's a good list. It's, it's well-rounded, yeah. I have a few, you know, I'm going to take away to watch. Yeah, sure. same here. Yeah, yeah. I, I got three written down, even if they're not rolled, that I'm definitely watching. Were there some movies um, that, that you had thought about that you didn't uh, bring up, man? There is, yeah, there is a few. There's a movie called Sing Street. It's by... Uh, I want to say it's John Carney who did Once the movie Sing Once. Street that just came Sing out on Street. Netflix, right? It, yeah. yeah, I think it's already gone. Now it's on Tubi. Okay, yeah, but it's I about a, like a, it, yeah. like it's like this boy band in Ireland, and they're like in high school, and it's dude, it's great. It's really good. It's, all, I, it's on my list of and, to watch. And then I also yeah. there's one called uh, Wild Rose with Jesse Buckley. It's Jesse Buckley's like first performance. Yeah, she plays like a country Who's singer. Jesse Buckley. Jesse Buckley is she's in um, Women Talking right now. She's in she was in. Lost Daughter. She got an Oscar nomination okay. for that. She's an Irish actress. Um, Interesting. But okay. that was great. She, you know, she just gets out of prison and she's got two kids. She's a single mom and she's trying to turn her life around. And that was great. And then I almost put A Star Is Born on. Uh, recommended A Star Is Born too. Which is really Born. good. It, it, uh, the one Bradley Cooper and Lady okay. Gaga. I actually haven't seen any of them, so I don't have an, you know. I've a, seen the Bradley Cooper them. and Gaga one. It's, it's good. good. It's yeah, good. it's good. So the ones that I have that uh, didn't make the list, and there's more than that were mentioned, um, High Fidelity, okay, uh, CBGB, but I feel like that that's was that's a borderline. It's borderline because it's not border actually border. about him. It's about the bands. But not one band. Yeah, but it's still true life. Yes, so that's why. Still true life. But it's so good if you want to see it. Uh, Party Monster. I thought about that one. one. Um, Detroit Rock City, which we talked Mm -hmm. about. That was on the Studio 54. Because it's about a real place, but not real people, right? It's very fictional. Almost Famous. Yeah. Yeah, I I almost played that, but I thought everybody would do that, so I didn't. Club Mm -hmm. Dread. Okay. Coconut Pete's Paella. Yeah. He's a musician. The he whole is. island's and he based talks on... about the whole time he's going on tour with Eddie Money, man. Fuck! It would have yeah. been so good! <laughs> and Mr. Holland's Opus. But no, that's actually based Oh my God, real... you are blowing no, your mind. First off... It's based off a real person. Yes, it is. That's a biopic. It was yeah. a biopic. That's um, what, here in Michigan. Um, that's why I didn't movie. make it. But, so those, but it's, it needed a mention. Okay. That's why I put it okay. on the honorable mentions list. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of your honorable your mentions? Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? So you didn't even consider that thing you do yeah, or I begin did. again? Oh, I, I consider them. But those are not, they're not But I knew essentials. you'd think I would do it. Fuck me, dude. <laughs> Our listeners aren't in on this. Our listeners need to know about this. That like, thing you do, Tom Hanks directorial me. debut, is it's great. Steve Zahn's comic timing is to not I mean, that thing you do and is just, that was my laziness, because I was, was like, oh, okay, he may not know. But, but begin again, I totally so thought begin was again, again is the same director from Sing Street. Oh, oh, begin no again yeah. with Mark Ruffalo and Kira Knightley yeah. and James Corbin. One of my Such favorite movies movie. of all time. See, I but haven't not been worth do- recommending. I haven't in my mind on these lists gotten to current movies. Okay, you know, like I'm doing that's older why I, films. That's why I went with Sound of Metal because I knew that mine were stretching back some decades, and I was like, "There's got to be something else out there." And so just if I like myself, if I was gonna do one modern day, Begin Again would be hands down my favorite. All time Everything about that movie, movie about is music. so magical. So good. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen it, yeah, it's just magical. Her it's performances. Two broken people Mark finding Ruffalo's each other and helping each other get through something 
with nothing and it's but not friendship just the story. involved. Like, really. every, everybody in it is, is great, so the performances are solid. The storyline is great, but then the things that they do, like the the running and putting together the, uh, An the album recorded recording on the streets all of New York, yes. Like so outside of the, the studio, ingenuity of the, of the movie is great as well. Including the atmosphere because of the city and the, the sound story, of an album was just a beautiful idea. While that story is great, it could be it could have been told in a much boring way if they took out all of the ingenuity. You know, the the how do we record this and how do we uh, where do we practice all of it, all of the everything that Mark Ruffalo building the studio yes, in the Jaguar. Yeah, it it helped you be a part of the formation of the music. So when you see her perform it or you listen to the uh, sound track afterwards there's a it pulls on your heart yes. you almost cry because they relative, pulled it off yeah a, you know you're related to it um so uh, a couple that i did not mention uh i did put that thing you do on there but i th- thought for sure that joe was going to talk about it love that um movie. i had rockstar on my list with um mark Wahlberg? mark Wahlberg. that was originally on my list it got notched it off. got notched down right like it's for me it's a personal fun movie i can't really say i'd go and like rec- it's I, I recommend watching it if you're just looking for like something to just you know spend a, a saturday night doing it's fun and that's another one of those that was like almost a biopic but not really it, like it's loosely it was very about much what, about judas priest but right not, yes wink wink well, just like just like Velvet Goldmine, wink, wink. Um, is not one that Bowie I definitely heavily, heavily pop. considered, but I've only seen it once, and so I didn't think there would be a lot that I could say about it. But I remember it made a huge impact on me. You're gonna laugh when I say impact, but legit, I think the movie has a serious message, and that's Josie and the Pussycats. Dude, I heard it was great. I love that movie. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's yeah. great. It is. It My is wife and such I just a huge comment on the music industry mm-hmm. in a way that pop star thought it was doing because again it's it was delivered in a in a real cheeky in like kid friendly video he did the yeah. face and that's my face but the the requirement of artists to more or less sell themselves out to become something of value is heavily breached you know there's even i think a, a similar wayne's world nod where like they make a joke subliminal about sponsorship message. yeah sponsorship subliminal messages uh, the, yeah. the boy band in there with uh god what is his name um from uh Oh God, road trip. Brecken. Brecken Meyer. Brecken Meyer. They're in yeah. a band called Dejour. 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 Yeah. And what's his that name? That is so from, on the nose. From, you know, from, Dejour uh, is French for what uh, of Scrubs. the day, right? Yeah. So it, it, we band are band of the day. We're the, yep. We're yeah, of the exactly. day. Exactly. So yeah. I I think that flavor of the day. When I saw, I was one of those viewers. I was like, I'm not gonna fucking watch this. And I saw it. I was like, this is fucking brilliant. Yeah. Alan Cummings as the the. Band manager who's very notorious. Uh, what's it? P- Piper. What's her name? Oh, I don't remember. The last movie that I toyed Parker with Posey? and pa- Parker Posey. Yeah, yeah. Parker oh, Posey yeah, as the record right. executive. She was the record yeah. Exec. Yep. Matt, I'm gonna hand this to you because in a moment we're right. using that. Uh, the last one that that was on my kind of uh, honorable mentions that I I with heavy heart was not able to include. Had we done five, it definitely would have been on there, and that's The Wedding Singer. One yeah, of the few was, Adam Sandler yeah, movies that I singer. really, really yeah. love. Mm-hmm. Um, I genuinely think that's a movie that, you know, will stand, because it's not just standard Sandler fare. Like, there is a, a genuinely good story. I'm a, li- uh, a fair depiction, if not meta and on the nose about the 80s. Like, it's aware, For sure, yeah. you know, of what it's doing without being too too cheesy. Um, but, yeah, I... I Really wanted. To I'm, talk a, about I'm a little miffed that just because I mentioned Swing Kids, you took it off your list. I gotta say that. So 
I didn't. Because I can I, see your list here now. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I was saying uh, during our break. I, yeah, it you never, mentioned it was it to a me. last. It was a last minute ad, so it never made it onto my the typed top four. list. Okay. It didn't make my typed right. list because it was that's one that I was so going to talk about. What's his, what's his name? He played the bad guy. Robert Sean Leonard's in it. Um, no, he played the bad guy in Little Monsters. He's in it. He, uh, in Swing Kids, he gets his finger stomped on. Oh. He's just an amazing actor. I don't recall. I don't recall. I didn't. He played like, Boy in Little Monsters. Oh, yes. Frank Wallen. Frank, Frank Wallen. Wallen. Yes. 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 He was in it as well. So he, he was like 30-something, and he was playing a, a kid. It was really... He, he must have made a good career being 14 forever. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Joe's right. Swing Kids is a phenomenal movie. Um, a movie uh, about kids who embrace swing music to um, and hide music, themselves music from, from uh, like jazz swing from black people Count ba- from Jews. Cal Basie. Count Basie. Uh, you know, it's it's a so basically Django Reinhardt. It's a it's a movie that shows how music can escape from from life and they were living in an era of germany where you know it was the nazis sign up for the reich or die yeah yeah. so um it was it was a a movie about how you can cope through music and dancing and so forth so all right now we got to pick what we're going to watch next week um have you assigned random numbers they're not random because today we are introducing a new mechanic. We have picked up a 12-sided die that Matt is going to roll for us. For the episodes that Joe and I are by ourselves, we do have a 10-sided die, so that can be uh, used for those. But So now we are introducing real randomness in. Ready? Uh-huh. I was kind of hoping Eight. he rolled it on the table for the Eight. sound. but. We want it on the table? Let's just get it for a sound bit. Everybody okay, hold quiet. on. Read it. So hold on a second. So wait. It's eight. It's eight. That's an official rule. I just want to get the sound bit. Wayne's World 2. Oh, okay, eight? no. No, what's 11? This is Spinal Tap. Do you want me to randomize? So this is just in yeah. order, order. No, you got to randomize right, them. Yeah, right. you got to randomize right, them. That's hold two. On. I you thought put, about that. I was like, is it, is you it too much? you got to randomize them. Yeah. All right, so I got this. Give me give me a second here. So, Matt, while I'm I... am not add, disappointed with any choice. Wayne's World 2 is an excellent movie. I just felt like... You, you felt that the like, randomness wasn't there. Yes. Yes, I agree. Something was like... I agree. Okay. Matt, while I'm adding some numbers here, could you uh, tell our listeners uh, where they can find you, if they can find you, and um, what they should be watching? Sure, yeah. So, um... I'm Matthew Santia. That's my Facebook, and that's also my Instagram is at Matthew Santia. Um, is that your IMDb as well? Matthew Santia, IMDb. I'm on there. Um, I have two projects on Tubi right now. The first is Chasing the Ghost, which we already talked about. I um, wrote or co-wrote and directed that. And then also there's If I Can't Have You, which is like a slasher or stalker film. Um, that is on Tubi as well. I co-wrote. Um, I actually co-star in that and um, co-directed that. So it's two projects. I actually wrote, uh, co-wrote another project um, with these lovely gentlemen, Bradley and Joseph. Yeah. Bradford and Bradford. Joseph. Bradford. He is a Ford, we actually not a Lee. We actually haven't brought this up, and I'm glad you did, because yeah. I thought now would be a good time. Yeah, it is a good so time. it's called Nightcap, and um, we don't really have like a solid log line nailed down yet. No, we don't. We but do need to iron that it's out. It's basically about a group of people locked in a small space because there is a... So uh, uh, Matthew's writing partner, yes. Calvin Todd DePew. Todd Calvin DePew. Co- Todd Calvin DePew. Yes. I'm sorry. That's Three funny. names is, is rough. Have you, has he shot anybody yet? Because that's typically... Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you, Calvin. Um, 
uh, he actually went through part of this yes. plot. We're not going to re- reveal to him. Okay. No, not really. He he had a life experience that uh, translated well to the story we wanted to tell, and we took that real life experience and added some uh, fun plot points. Mm-hmm. And you guys delivered us an amazing script. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun to write. It's a, in all intents and purposes, it's a chamber piece. So it takes place in one location. Really, there's some vignettes or flashbacks mm-hmm. that are in other locations, but it was a, it was really a challenge. But I mean, it was a fun challenge. So yeah, nightcap. We're uh, we're we're getting budget and uh, funding together now. So look for that. Yeah, we're in the we're in the, the next serious year. serious pre-production. Um, and honestly, we, I think we're gonna um, bring it up often on our episodes. Kind of update you on on where we're at and that, and uh, include you in on the conversation as far as um, what our next steps are. But if um, you want to see anything like the kind of uh, writing and stories uh, Matthew and Todd Calvin are capable of. Tubi has If I Can't Have You and Chasing the Ghost yep. available. Anything else you guys have written that has so, been produced? Or? No, I um, no, I don't uh. believe so. I have I have a, there's a short film Entropy that actually uh, Oh, I saw I, that recently. That's beautiful. Yeah, thanks. I wrote and then Calvin and I um, co-directed and then actually <clears throat> made it to a film festival in LA where we lost to Steven Spielberg's daughter. Well, well, I mean, I mean Spielberg, which is kind of like a win. When yeah, the, that's a win. When the like, deck is Spielberg buys everything, like you know right. what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so that's not there's a, a quote of him. And actually, yeah. So there's, there's a, a quote of Steven Spielberg during ET. They're like, "We're out of money." He's like, "Call Coke. We're we're gonna keep going." Like, so that you can't compete with somebody no. who just buys. Wins. You can't. There's actually. You know um, how I feel about there's that. There's a way to see it. I said it um, for you. Yeah. My, Chris Warren chastised me later. Okay. A good, I stuck a up good for friend Brad of mine, so Neil Tereskevich. You guys are familiar with <laughs> I Tenille. love Tenille. I love Tenille. Tenille. The on. film chick. Yes. yes. The film chick. So she's got a website. It's just a filmchick.com. And it's uh, the, the film and then chic.com. Entropy is actually because she produced Entropy. So that is playing on. On uh, her page. On her page. Oh, okay. Yeah. Excellent. So we'll have, to, we'll have to include that link. Oh, then. yeah. Let's mm-hmm. definitely um, draw some. Some so lastly, before we um, it's a beautiful move film. on, I have these numbered, and uh, Matt's going to go ahead and give us another roll. All right. Seven. Seven. Inside. Nope. The Piano Teacher. <gasps> yes! Nice! So, so excited. I'm excited to watch something night- I haven't these seen these for are gonna the be first nightmares time. For you guys. I know there was somebody that I hadn't seen that I was like, I can't just put Wayne's World 2 on. So the I mean, Piano Teacher. So to that's, be fair, I'm going to make you suffer through Wayne's World 2 oh, before I mean, we watch fine. the Piano suffering. Teacher. If you guys have nightmares, <laughs> don't blame me, okay? The Piano Teacher give you nightmares. Don't blame me. I invite it. I invite I'm it. So uh, that's what we're going to be uh, talking about next week on our episode. Uh, we have a guest planned. What's it so, called again? Uh, the piano teacher. Is it, what's it about? I think it's about a piano teacher. Are you sure? Because you asked him Here's like thing, twelve to times. To be honest, I'm just assuming because they named it the piano teacher <laughs> that they was gonna be about that. Mm-hmm. No, it's about an oboe. He said earlier. Oboist. Oh, an oboist. That's right. Just kidding. Um, and then also next week, uh, Matt, we need a topic for next yeah, week. Yeah. So I had a couple that I was like waffling between, but I think that I'm gonna go with drug movies or movies well, about drugs. drugs oh movies about drugs yes. i thought you just brought a goodie no I, maybe i did <laughs> just kidding no. but um no so it's a like and it's got to be like more than just a scene so it's like central to the plot 
Drugs okay. are central. To Drugs the plot. are central to the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, could you give us an example of something? Then this will be our quintessential. Okay, so yeah, so, for me, the quintessential drug movie is Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, which that, is a fabulous. Yeah. My movie. favorite, probably my one of my favorite. That's another one of those you know, movies like, that, like, for the quintessential, I would use Half Baked, so I could use Requiem for yeah, a Dream. Yeah, but yeah. Not, it's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll find a way to Poking talk about Requiem for a Dream. Yes. Um, so join us next week. Uh, we'll be discussing. Uh, the piano teacher, and then we will be going over our recommendations for movies about drugs. Thank you all for joining us, and um, tell us uh, what your movies uh, about music would have been. Uh, give Get us- it on that comment section. Yeah, we're gonna be on every. We'll be platform. on the things. There'll you can hit us up. We can respond. You won't be in the show because we're not doing live content. We're not answering phone calls and stuff like that. But we will participate with anybody who interacts with us. Um, Matt, thank you so much thank for you. joining us. Um, Matt is actually going to stick around with us, and so we're going to have another conversation. Uh, we are going to offer episodes with our guests that uh, uh, really it's going to be just a conversation uh, with Matt about his role in film, and this is going to be kind of like a, a behind-the-scenes thing. You know, We're going to take our guests, and we're going to talk we more are... loosely about our experiences on set and in movies. So if you are at all interested in getting involved in film, or if you're someone like myself who, for the longest time, preferred the DVD features to the movie itself, that's kind of what you'll be getting. So... We are industry people, and we love talking about movies, so we're here doing that, and we would like for you to join us to talk about the industry itself. Thank you all, and we will see you next time.